Beast Cast. But that's the oatmeal, baby, because it's like three hours every episode. And I'm putting it in there just to slow me down because I can't say not caught up in podcasts. Welcome to Dunstan Checks, Men, the only podcast where we talk about one minute of the 1996 ape film Dunstan Checks In, and we pair it with another film. It's the only podcast where we talk about that. We cannot guarantee that there's not another podcast out there where someone else is doing it. Obviously. I'm yeah. Lord Andrew L- Rutledge. And I'm Emily Monkeytown. We really, we've now committed to these names. Yes. I mean, I, I locked mine in a couple episodes ago, but mm-hmm. you were still on the fence about Lord Andrew Rutledge. Yeah. That's a tongue twister for me, too. Yeah? It really is. Lord Andrew Rutledge. Well, we'll find out more about that character. Next week. Yeah. Uh, we're going to... When should we discuss about the fucking bullshit that you made me watch? The fucking hot mound of horse feces that you served on a plate and you put a fork in it and you said, hey, Emily, eat this. Eat this. Because this is what I think is good. I've chosen to pair Minute 10 with Escape from Tomorrow. We will talk about it in a moment. I should have used my veto. The whole time I was watching it, I was regretting not using my veto. (laughs) This minute starts with just the tail end of Kyle and his father. Yeah, we we get just a a brief little, just a a nice little... They're smiling and nodding. A picture almost of Jason Alexander. (laughs) Uh, Then then we're back to the front desk. Uh, Presumably this is perhaps the next day? Uh, Maybe... Yeah, I would say it's the next day probably. Uh, we we hear a belding at the desk, and well, we see a belding, and I would like to I would like to address this belding. Oh, go go on. It seemed to me. Now the person who rings the bell was not totally in frame, but it seemed to me that they were an employee, not a customer, mm-hmm. which seems curious to me because oh. I feel like it's typically a customer that rings the bell. Okay, it's typically a ring for service situation. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this employee also seems to have rung the bell and then walked away immediately. So I don't I well I, I think I here I'm coming at you with a with a fan theory here. Well, I have a theory as well. That person just likes the sound of that bell and just wanted to ring it. <laughs> now I do like that theory yeah. and I don't want to tear that down. Uh-huh. But may I may I put it to you uh-huh. that uh, it perhaps may also be I've understood the bell to mean many things mm-hmm. within the service industry and and the hotel complex. Sure. So what I believe this bell ding was for was a front desk... You keep saying belding, and the Saved by the Bell fans are really going to go wild Good, I want <laughs> for this to, episode. I want the, the, the voice-to-text technology <laughs> to put this into Google, and for some reason we get a bunch of downloads on this episode. Yeah, from Brendo. The, <laughs> Brendo. It's just Brendo. It's Brendo just like, another one. Episode, a bunch. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's a shout-out to a friend of the show. Brendan Creasy. Brendan Creasy. And his love of Saved by the Bell. Radio Brendo Man. Um, uh, uh, and all all the other affiliated things that he does. Yeah. Um, I would say that this is a front desk person uh-huh. rings this bell to call for backup. For you could call them okay, backup. The dog from Veronica Mars is calling for the dog from Veronica Mars, which was named Backup and only appears in the first episode. And it's bullshit that we never got to see that dog more. Now you make me. Mad. I've never seen Veronica Mars, and I was I was tempted to dip in. They set it up in the first episode like she's got a dog sidekick, and then that that dog is that was a pilot only dog. Oh, so this back this this ding of the bell, mm. this bell ding, if you may, yeah, uh, is to call for someone to bring those carts. To load up the luggage and to take the luggage up to the room. Okay, I could see that as well. So that they don't have to leave the desk. They ring that bell and someone will come running. I, I still stick by my fan theory, though. There's just such a casualness to the posture of this person. Yeah. That just seems like, zip to doo I'm having a good time ringing this bell. I think they also wanted to dip out of frame real quick. This, <gasps> yeah, I think that's I, I believe this was a production person in a jacket 
<laughs> and so they got the arm visual yeah. and nothing else. Uh, then walk by uh, two two young women yes. who are speaking French. Mm-hmm. Uh, and at the end of their line, the only thing that I can pick up is that they say Lincoln Center. Yeah. Did you did you pick up any of their French words? I know you're a French not aficionado. From, not from this part, no. No, not from this part. No. And even the internet didn't help you? Even the internet did not help me. Mm-hmm. This part, I mean, for this part, I just couldn't make out any of the individual words mm-hmm. they were saying, so. I'd Except like to talk about Lincoln Center. from tomorrow. Yeah, I know. I bet you fucking would. <laughs> Um, Escape from Tomorrow is a 2013 film uh, uh, directed by Roy Moore. Uh, that was Randy Moore. Randy Moore, excuse me. Roy Abramson is the Apparently lead man. I fucking know more about this garbage movie than you do. <laughs> excuse me, getting the R names mixed up and you get all mad about it. <laughs> uh, it was made in a way where it was filmed um, guerrilla style, where they they didn't get any permission or permits. Mm-hmm. They filmed it on you know low low quality cameras. Yeah, uh, they made a movie inside of the Disney parks, which yes. was mostly Epcot and Disneyland, and I think a little bit of Magic Kingdom. Yeah, I think those were their their main areas of filming, uh, and and uh, it was a narrative film. Yeah, and it was that's fucking. It was a feature generous. film. Uh, that debuted at a generous to call this a narrative at uh, I believe Sundance in a non-competitive category. Yeah, uh, and then it did eventually get a distribution deal, and that's how you and I watched it, Emily. Unfortunately, at the Art Theater in Long Beach, we watched this at the Art Theater in Long Beach when it came out. What a fucking joy that was! I can't. I was so shocked walking out of that theater. Of no exaggeration, the worst movie I've ever seen in my life, <laughs> and I turned to Andrew, who I thought was my friend. To sympathize and talk about this piece of shat we just sat through. Piece of shat. Yes. Uh, and this Judas says to me, he liked it. Not only that, he loved it. It was, it's got to be one of my top 10 for that year. That's fucking insane. <laughs> this movie is so bad. It's fascinating. It's not only bad, it's like it's like not satisfying narratively. Nothing comes together. It's fucking like weird and like gross. Like like the whole movie like really, really sexualizes these characters that seem to be like twelve. Yeah. I, 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 this movie is repugnant in every possible sense of the word. Yeah, I'm not gonna uh, say that the things that the the lead dad does are good. Not even the lead, the the, <laughs> the way it's framed, like the way it's shot, is like really seems really gross. Yeah, I think that's the point. Uh, God. <laughs> so I have chosen to pair this minute for there's a couple of reasons, but one of the main ones is that within the narrative of Escape from Tomorrow, there are two French girls that the the gross dad character yeah. uh, sees Becomes once sexually and, obsessed with yeah and starts following around the parks yeah uh, and and at, at first it seems like a weird thing where his son might also be on board but then his son is really not on board yeah. Uh, and then nobody's on board and his wife even notices and yells at him about it yeah. and he tries to play it off and it's really gross and bad. Yeah. Uh, and it, it builds up to a sequence where one of the French girls. His wife named Emily. So this movie was personally yelling at me as well throughout. <laughs> uh, the One of the girls uh, uh, walks up to him and uh, he, he first envisions what it would be like for them to run off together. And then that leads to a, a sequence where the Epcot ball explodes. Yes. Uh, 
uh, Spaceship Earth, as it's called. Yeah. Uh, but then in the reality, he says he will not go with her. Yeah. And she says, are you sure? And they go back and forth. And then uh, she's like, if you don't go, something bad will happen. And he's like, what? And then she spits on him. Yeah. Which gives him cat flu. I guess. You yeah, see, that, that's the, been yeah, my theory. movie fucking doesn't make sense. Um, and so it's it's a... Uh, I just, I really, that to me really spoke to me. Then the Why? other thing. Why did it spill? Like, what? I honestly want to know what you get from this movie. Because I don't think it does anything interesting other than the fact that they shot it in the Disney parks, which I, like, yeah, that's, I guess, interesting that they were able to do that. Yeah, the, the, the timing of everything that they had to do to get the shots that they needed to do were, I'm very, like, I really appreciated that on this watch. That's impressive. But then also, like, a good half of it is just, like, very obvious bad composite work. I'd say it's a little less than half. There were there were a few shots where yeah I was very much like wow they really they really were obviously not there yeah they weren't there at all yeah um but there I don't know there's there's something to me about the way that this guy wanted to make this movie so badly mm. because to him it really meant something yeah and it this, means fucking nothing I I can see the things around He's the edges fucking, of it He's a fucking like shitty college <laughs> film student who's like what if I made a movie that's like in this happy place but it's like dark and he wants to fuck kids and I'm going to shoot the camera in a way that makes you think that I the director want to fuck these kids too Yeah that's that's not great It's horrible I'm not going to I'm not going to try and defend any of that part of it It's it's the idea that this guy had such a weird visceral personal reaction to what Disney meant to him Yeah and then he was able to kind of translate that into film. It's just so edgelordy and uninteresting and doesn't come together in a narrative that makes any kind of sense. I, I think the other... It's a fucking mess. The other thing that I thought you would actually enjoy about it is that it is, in a sense, anti-Disney. Sure. The, and I know you <laughs> don't like Disney. But it's, 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 it's not anti-Disney in anything even resembling an intelligent way. I... Not exactly intelligent. <laughs> I... <laughs> I'll say that it takes it takes one of the things that I think people like about Disney is the rumors and the the secrets. So yeah, the, the, it, this film brings up a number of like urban legends about Disney, and and they're not even the real ones though. Yeah. They never mention Walt's frozen head. Like that's they, also not a real one, Andrew. Yes, it is. No, people it's talk not. about Walt's frozen head all the time, and it's stupid. No, yeah, they're saying, but the people the emo thing is people talk about that too. I think this movie made that. Though. No, it didn't. That, it definitely I don't ever remember hearing the emo thing before this movie. Because I remember being like, oh, they're doing the emo. I remember thinking that the first time I saw huh. Well, I just, I think that's really. The, that's... the princesses being prostitutes was also definitely an urban legend before well, this yeah, movie. Yeah, that's definitely an urban legend. Yeah. But that's a thing that is definitely not real. Correct. Yeah. It's like Disney. Same like, with the emo thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's just really I think it's playing with those things in a really interesting way. It's not. Way. It's oh. not playing with them. It's just saying like here's something I read on the internet and I put it in my movie and there's no comment on it. There it doesn't do anything interesting with it. It's so fucking bad. Do you want to talk about the cum shot? Um yeah. That's one of your yeah. notes. T- t- tell your three notes to the audience. I wrote you told down, them to me personally. I wrote down three notes as I took this movie. One was French girls, one was fucking bad composite work, and mm-hmm. the third one was just cum question mark. Yeah. And I don't know why I put the question mark cuz it's definitely supposed to visually represent cum. Yeah. He is tied up inside the Epcot ball. Mm-hmm. This was something that was actually happening. Yes, or was this a dream sequence? No, I can't this is remember. actually happening. Yeah. He, so he was kidnapped uh, by people who work for the Siemens Corporation, a real corporation yeah. that makes electronic devices. Yeah, and did sponsor Spaceship Earth at the time of his filming of yes. this. Yeah. And it sounds like the word semen. Yes. Uh, there's, also, there's also some... <laughs> I thought you would really attach on to that. Just, Siemens. Yeah, yeah. There's also <laughs> some just stunningly bad CGI as a sort of miniature model of a spaceship where 
Erp <laughs> <laughs> comes down and encloses itself around um, our hero's head. Yeah. Um, that is just like, I mean, it like clips into his shoulder. It's like really, really stunningly bad. Yeah. Okay. No, no argument there. Yeah. And then the, they leave for some reason. They leave him alone, tied up in, in the middle of Spaceship Earth. Uh, something in the went wrong with the plan, so the scientist says, I'll be right back. And then the way he gets out is he removes like a tube of sunscreen from his pocket. He has foot cream because he's hurt his toe. Oh, that's right. He stepped on glass earlier. Mm-hmm. And the um, reason why do you, did you not the reason why he remembers he has the foot cream is there's screens all around this room playing parts of his day or his oh, memories yeah, or something right. oh, because that was what the scan did the spaceship the Earth bad CGI scanned. ball did yeah. and so the the part where his wife says um, the name of the cream yeah and he goes wait a second and he pulls it out of his pocket and then they freeze frame on the cream but blurring out the name. It's also this is also the, the the one part in the movie where they say the word Disney and they bleep it out, mm-hmm. and then they won't say Walt. They say Old W. Yeah, oh God, it's, this there's a so lot going on in the scene. Um, also, they set up like a whole thing about sunscreen earlier too. Like the the like the wife got mad at him for not putting sunscreen on the daughter before she went in the pool. Yeah. Like they usually could have just had it be sunscreen at that moment, but then they do. What I mean, this movie is fucking sloppy. It sucks. <laughs> yeah. So he he takes I'll the foot cream out of his pocket and he like squeezes it and he's like gyrating in such a way hmm. so as to visually represent it's it's as if he is coming well and then he's trying to get this the foot cream onto the console to break the yeah, chains his- that he's in but then it ends up getting on the projected images of the sexy woman that he saw yeah. when he was on soren yeah <laughs> which in the end turns out to be his real wife god no in the end this fucking makes sense because the, there's just a bunch of bullshit that doesn't mean anything at the end I, I think you can walk away taking a lot from it. No, you cannot. And, There's uh, nothing there. It's a fucking, fucking shallow bowl. I, I think at my most basic level, I'm I'm such a Disney file that this is just so fascinating to me. I that think this even got yeah. made and that this even to me makes a little bit of sense. It makes zero sense. There's fucking nothing going on in this movie. It's just a goddamn mess that an idiot put out. <laughs> The only thing that it's just he was the one idiot who was stupid enough to do this and not worry that he would get sued to death by Disney. I think, yeah, I don't know if I don't know necessarily if he was not worried about it, but certainly they didn't get him. No, you know? I mean, they they just Disney's official position was just to ignore this. They did. When I was looking it up, they do actually acknowledge it in one place. Yeah. I saw that too. You saw that too. Yeah, and I kind of want the Wikipedia page. <laughs> I want to see that book. It's the uh, it's A to Z, the official Disney encyclopedia. Yeah, and in there, that's e the one section, place where they acknowledge. This yeah, movie, they call yeah. it. It was a film surreptitiously made in yeah. the Disney parks. Yeah, I'm like, that's really weird. God, this movie's so fucking bad, and I'm so angry that I've now seen it twice in my life. <laughs> I've seen it three times. Oh my god, it's oh, so god. bad. Oh, I own the Blu-ray. It's very good. Oh, it's so bad. <laughs> It's so, so, so bad. Oh, God. Um, all right. Should we get back to the minute? How do you feel? Yeah. Um, let's get back to the minute, I guess. Get to a better film for you? Yeah. Dunstan? Yeah. That's, I've talked famously on this podcast about how I don't like Dunstan Checks In, and I think we should be doing a different movie. And yet, yeah, it's a significantly better film than Escape from Tomorrow. Um, so these two French uh, girls in this film and Dunstan checks in they walk past Brian and Kyle mm-hmm. uh, Brian is reading the newspaper and this Kyle is, is reading a magazine because Brian's the older boy so he's reading the more sophisticated yeah. item Kyle's reading a magazine that we couldn't quite make out what the magazine was no it's very dark it's it's very obscured the cover mm-hmm. it looked shiny too yeah what 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 would be your guess boys be? life 
Oh, see, Boys Life. That's interesting. Yeah. I was thinking something. So the magazines that I read in my childhood sure. were video game magazines. Uh, yeah, I was. For me, it was it was typically either Nintendo Power or Mad Magazine would be the two things yeah. that I would I be reading. I did Mad. I did Cracked while that was around. You did Cracked as well. Interesting. I never dipped into Cracked. Cracked was very good. <laughs> um, uh, official choice of George Costanza, as we see in an episode of Seinfeld. <laughs> this is why I'm George, and I don't know if I like it. Um, the other magazines were like the what was the Nintendo's magazine called? They had an, or not Nintendo, uh, Nickelodeon. They had an official uh, sure. magazine. I never read that one though. Um, and then I'm trying to think of, but uh, this one looks like it has a thicker spine and it's shiny, which to me read as one of the video game magazines, which I which I remember from my childhood. Sure, I, I mean I, I was pretty big into the video game magazines actually. I had I had Nintendo Power, but then I also had Game Informer. Game Informer it was a Game Informer. Year. I read some I, uh, EGM. I don't know. Uh, I never had that one. I had the official playstation magazine mm-hmm. um i had game was game spot was that ever a print publication uh maybe i think it was and i think i was a subscriber that sounds about right yeah. and, and um i had one for there was one for handheld games specifically sure i and never I think, had that one, i think that they went right. online i can't there's something pocket like pocket is in their title pocket monthly something like that <laughs> you're, you're not far yeah <laughs> Um, I don't th- I don't see Brian as being a nerd like us though is the thing and that's why Do you think he's I'd... reading like National Geographic? He no. like well, maybe. Bermuda? I, or oh, where I they going? See Barbados? Bar- you were the one who corrected me when I said it wrong last time. Did I? Yeah. Wow. How They're the, going to how the worm is turned. something with a B. I think it's Barbados. I think it's Barbados as well. Mm-hmm. Remember when we watched Jaws 2? Yeah, that's a good movie. The, of the three good. movies that we have discussed on this episode, Jaws 2 is the best one. <laughs> What a time to <laughs> yeah. be alive. Yeah. Uh, so then uh, Ky- uh, Brian says to Kyle, well, if you have to be grounded, then a five-star hotel is the place to be. And because he goes are, after these are French girls. There. These French girls. Yeah. yeah. Um, so Kyle then sees this trunk go by. Mm-hmm. They do a little a little passing in the in the wind thing where yeah. Brian passes the trunk to get after the girls and the trunk comes towards Kyle. Yeah. And this causes him to set down his magazine and go investigate the trunk. Mm-hmm. You ever, trunks are something you see in movies way more than in real life, huh? Yeah. You, you never had a family member with a trunk? Never had a family member with a trunk, never mm. had a trunk myself. Never. See, I've seen a trunk in real life, but I've never, only at like thrift shops, you yep. know? Yep, yep, that's where I see a lot of them. You know what I've been thinking about looking for and buying at a thrift stop is an old an old box TV. Oh, after your <laughs> after my experience, I you went to a, a hotel that I, had a box TV. I was the America's Best Value Inn, mm-hmm. and I uh, they had a box TV. I watched about twenty minutes of U.S. Marshals on it, mm-hmm. and uh, I really just it really just stirred something up inside of me. You 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 haven't thought of doing the the modern thing of finding a way to put that filter on your computer so that if you watch something on your computer, mm-hmm. can have that filter. I don't like that. You want the real deal? Well, here's what I'm thinking. I would okay. like to have a setup where I have a, a dedicated box TV for my Nintendo 64. Yes. So I follow this page on um, Instagram. And maybe I get a VCR at the same thrift shop. Oh, and I, hell I, yeah. I start watching VHSs again. Hell yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I I follow this this Instagram page. I think they're called Retro Co. Retro Co. They um. Um, they sell vintage video game stuff um, and they sell it like new. They find it like new. They mm. find they go to, you know, wherever warehouse would have a box of untouched sure. Sega Genesis games or something. Sure. Uh, or I think they do a little bit of refurbishment. I don't I don't think that's generally their thing. They're mostly about finding the good stuff and, and uh, keeping it clean. Yeah. And um, they have uh, in their Instagram story, they will post uh, they test their products on 
a box TV as you're speaking about. Oh, nice. And it's one of those combo box TV v- VHS VCR mm. things. Yeah. And it has the plugs in the front. I, so wouldn't, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't mind one of those. Yeah, let me they tell plug you. it right in the front and it's yeah. got a good color to it. The, the actual I'll tell you what I TV. want what I want in a box TV this is what you want I want one of two directions good I want one that is like I want one that has some sort of wood element I want, I want some wood paneling on there Ooh, you're I taking would, me back I would love some wood paneling on there oh my goodness um, we used to have a wood panel box TV in, in this house for like a number of years my sister held on to it and then mm. I think she it finally stopped working or she just got rid of it or something um, I want that or I want one of the ones that's like a box tv vcr combo that's fucking green with like shrek ears on top oh, like one oh, of those oh my God. <laughs> i want that right it's because it's shrek yeah there's a shrek one the, the ones i've seen online there's i know there's definitely a shrek one that was manufactured at one point and i know i believe there's also a yellow spongebob model as oh, well i believe my grandpa had the spongebob <laughs> one is uh, this your same grandpa who was a clown yes nice. he loves spongebob <laughs> I didn't know that about him. And religion. So he has some SpongeBob religious crossover shirts. Oh, nice. <laughs> really something I'm to into that. look at. <laughs> I'll tell you what. Yeah. Um, now, as a, he, he wasn't one of the religious people who took the anti-gay route with SpongeBob. I don't think he loved SpongeBob. There's a lot of people who thought SpongeBob was too gay and, um, and, and uh, d- thought it was poisoning our children. And, and you one- know what? <laughs> to their point. I watched a lot of Spongebob. Look where I am now. At one point, he did have his whole bathroom was Spongebob themed. That's fantastic. Every single item in the bathroom was a Spongebob item. Now, you've got the it's a, 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 not a, love of the sea seems to run deep in your family <laughs> because your grandpa has a, a, a Spongebob themed bathroom at one point, you're telling me, yeah. which is sea themed, obviously. Uh-huh. And your parents' home is, is very beach themed. They love In Hawaii. general, I would say, yeah. So they get into some of the boat things that are hawaiian there's boat things there's like surfs up signs <laughs> <laughs> yeah 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 there's uh, there's some shells there's an assortment of shells i've seen and you know i don't love the sea that's so yeah, it ends with me you're, you're breaking that <laughs> it ends with me and yeah i do love the sea <laughs> i i it, it, you pass it on to me somehow i do have a weird thing where i don't love going into the ocean mm-hmm. but i like boats sure See, and I don't really like boats, but I like the beach. Okay. Yeah. We'll, we'll split this ocean yeah. love. <laughs> um, so, big, big luggage trunk yeah. go by. Now we cut back to Brian. Mm-hmm. So, he's talking to the girls, and he says, so if you'd like some extra towels or a bucket of ice, any kind of gestures, and then they say something to him in French. Did you catch what this was? Uh, they say mon Dieu, which means my God. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then they say something. I, I will say I'm much better with written French than spoken French. Um, I couldn't quite make out what they were saying. Uh, it seems to me like they were either saying enfant, which would be kid. Oh. They might have been calling him a kid. Mm-hmm. They also could have been saying um, ferme, which is um, shut. Oh, okay. Yeah. So like, get quiet down, kid, or something. Maybe uh-huh. there's. I mean, there's there's definitely there's words in there that I just can't parse what they're saying. Yeah. So it, I, it could be something completely different, but I, I that, do, that's what I could pick out of I it. I do get. I mean, you take from the imagery that they are being dismissive of him. Yes. But they they and and I mean, you hear what he's offering: Esther towels and a bucket of ice. Like that's you Weird. call down to the front desk, so you get that anyway. Yeah. He's not actually offering anything, anything that you couldn't get anyway. Yeah. Uh, so I don't know if they're registering that because they seem to have guidebooks and translation books mm-hmm. in their hands. Yeah. So I don't think they are very good at speaking English. Yeah. They're as good at speaking English as he is at speaking French. Which is zero. He does not even try. Yeah. So I I think beyond the the lack of communication, there is they they recognize that he's a loser. Yeah. (laughs) They just 
they pass him on. Yes, this is true. Now, I don't think he takes it that way, though. I think no, he looks on and says, got a chance. Got yeah. in there. I, got, yeah. I, made, I made the... So you're saying there's a chance to quote a movie I don't like, Dumb and Dumber. Yeah, but he also, he also made the first contact. He's like, all right, yeah. they know me now. Yeah. <laughs> god uh which you know i honestly don't remember if they ever come back in the film i yeah i don't remember either um so then we get to kyle yes he's looking at the trunk Mm -hmm. it's got a lot of stickers on it it does this is a very old thing you put the sticker of Of where you've been where you've been yeah uh and and i think even i think it used to actually mean something where if you were on a train or on it was like your passport steamship (laughs) yeah well that would be like okay you're going here you got our sticker on so you're this Uh, is where it's going i see something like that i think now it is very much like uh they don't do that anywhere i'm yeah i'm I'm into it though i like this idea Mm mm-hmm I'm, I am someone who loves souvenirs. Yeah. Um, I did buy a mystery spot keychain when I went to the mystery spot. Yes. It's pretty good. You want to see it? Is, yes. Is it a mysterious keychain somehow or is it just... Well, it's mysterious in that it, part of it is beach imagery. Oh. Mystery spot's not on the beach. It's no. like It's like in the middle of a forest. It's like in Santa Clara? Santa, Santa Cruz. Santa Cruz. So, I mean, there is... I mean, there's beach near there, but where the mystery spot actually is, it's definitely like inland. Mm-hmm. I've lost... There they are. I like... This is a good visual element for the audio So you can see there's a lenticular podcast. element oh, there. Oh, your name? It's got my name on it. And then the other side, it either says mystery spot or you can see the, the mystery spot. Yeah. Yeah, and it, it's like a, a tilted building, right? Yes. Yeah, but then correct. you walk in and you're not tilted or something? Well, you walk in and gravity's weird. I got I actually got super nauseated when I was inside the mystery spot. Really? You didn't take any precautions? You didn't well, think didn't, you would have to? I didn't even I didn't even realize. I didn't even make the connection that it would be a, uh, there would be a, a motion sickness element. Hmm. But I, yeah, I, I really did not feel well after it. But I'll <laughs> tell you, it was worth it. I love the mystery spot. God. I'll show you what it looks like inside, and then you can describe that to the listener, perhaps. I've got some pictures. Okay. Um. So you you can do shit like this. Because um, I've I've heard of other describe oh, what you're seeing. There. So you you are standing. Uh, it it appears at an angle that you shouldn't be able to stand on yes. top of a piece of wood. It looks like you should be falling over, but I believe if if you describe how you were feeling at the moment, you probably feel like you were standing straight up. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they also they'll, they'll also do things where like they'll they'll have a plank and they'll like pour water on it and mm. it'll go seemingly opposite uh, yeah. against gravity. Yeah, yeah. You also you can just walk up the wall in one part of the room. That's crazy. Yeah, I, I it's super fun. I highly recommend the mystery <laughs> spot. It's only eight dollars too. Um, here's what I'll say about the mystery spot. Mm. Uh, if you're going in a group, book in advance. Oh, I I got there. <clears throat> excuse me, and the people ahead of me in line to buy tickets. There were four of them, mm-hmm. and they were like, uh, it was like 11.30 a.m. when I got there, mm-hmm. and this group of four ahead of me, they went to buy tickets, and I'm like, okay, yeah, next for a group your size, next available time is 4 o'clock uh, from 11.30. And it was for four people? Yeah. Oh, my God. And I was super worried. I was like, oh, shit, am I not going to be able to do this? Because like, I, I needed to get back on the road, you know? Yeah. So I went up, and she was like, it was like 11.30. She's like, oh, yeah, next available time for one person, 11.35. Like oh, okay. I, I waited five minutes as one person, but groups of two or more, or groups of three or more, that mm. basically would have to wait like four hours. Wow! Only eight dollars. It's a fucking deal. If you're ever in Santa Cruz, go to the mystery spot. It's worth it. But take Dramamine first. <laughs> this has been a little. This this episode is brought to you by the mystery spot. Hey, we can't be bought. <laughs> yes, we can. The yeah, mystery spot can, bought please. us. Please email us. Also Dunstan in Santa Cruz, so like, at gmail.com. so like, even though it's a totally family friendly experience, they will make like a weed joke during the tour. Oh, because Santa Cruz is that's 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 cheap country. They're everybody's cheaping it up there. Uh-huh. Uh huh. So here, this should be the most exciting part of the film for us thus far. Yeah. 
uh, Kyle. Yes. Leaning down towards this giant because trunk. Because it does shave in a haircut? Well, and also because <laughs> what he hears is monkey noises. Oh, yeah. We hear. This is where we first meet Dunstan, sort this is, of. We, yeah. This is we hear Dunstan. Yeah. He is heard within <laughs> the film here. Yeah. And uh, he he makes some monkey noises. So I Kyle, my coughs are probably showing up on your mic still, they, so they sorry are. about that. <laughs> uh, Kyle knocks on the trunk. Yeah. He does two knocks first. And he hears two in response. Then he does three knocks. And then he hears three more in response. Then he does shave and a haircut. And then the... Yeah, there it is. Yeah. You've now done it exactly as it is in the film. Thank you. Uh, so the last hit on shave and a haircut is done by... He also does, a, I would say, it, it sounded like a weird, maybe regional variant of shaving a haircut. Oh, how, how would you say? How? I don't know. It wasn't quite. It was like there was more to it. I I thought, if anything, there's one less knock. Well, yeah, that's what I meant. It was okay. different. It was like. Yeah, yeah, It was yeah. like that. It was like a weird version of shaving <laughs> a haircut. It was kind of a strange version. Yeah. Um, the last hit on the shaving a haircut response. Yes. Is from Lord Rutledge. Yes. We don't find out his name in this minute. But True. he is played by Rupert Everett, mm-hmm. uh, and he's got a very interesting look to him. Yes, he does. <laughs> and a very interesting accent? I would say so. Yeah, he's playing up his british He is British in real life. Yeah. But he's really, he's laying it on thick here, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, I would mm-hmm. say. Uh, and uh, I do I do want to note the shave and haircut. I, I like that a lot, and I know it mostly from Roger Abbott. Roger Abbott. Sure. Uh, which I think that would have been a, a, an alternate if you had made me pick. Oh sure, you a good movie, a very, a very good movie. <laughs> so if you, would, that's I just want to let you know. God damn it! I you should were have used so my close veto. to vetoing it, and uh, that well, probably you know would have been thought? the one I went with. You know what I thought too? Mm-hmm. Is I thought Andrew Andrew likes some old bullshit in a way that I don't. Okay, he likes old movies yeah. in a way that I we we so we saw this with the bellboy. <laughs> yeah, and um, I I knew that I would at least have strong feelings. On um, what, Escape from Tomorrow, mm-hmm. I thought, why not save my veto for something that I just don't want to talk about it because it's some old bullshit that only old man Andrew cares about and, <laughs> and no one under the age of 50 should watch ever. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I saved my veto and I truly regret it. It's one of my largest <laughs> podcast regrets because I had to watch that fucking movie again and it's so bad. Uh, all right, then. Uh, the... <laughs> The Lord Rutledge has uh, the last hit of shaving a haircut was his cane. Yes. Upon the edge of the trunk. Mm-hmm. Not exactly dangerously near Kyle's hand, but close enough, enough that, that it's like a threat. It, yeah. It's, it's scary. His whole demeanor here is outwardly threatening. Yes. Uh, he, he just very deadpan in a very deadpan <laughs> way says, terribly sorry, slipped out of my hand. Yeah. Which he completely doesn't mean that. He's yeah. not even trying to pretend that he means that. Yeah, yeah. He really wants this kid to get the fuck away from his trunk. Yeah. Um so uh he he says, "Oh, so the Kyle says, I heard something in there." Mm-hmm. And so then <laughs> then he does as you noted a very weird self-burn. It's self-burn, but not a bad joke, I will say. Uh-huh. But it is a self-burn, which is interesting. Yeah. Lord Rutledge says, "Probably one of my sports coats. I've been told they're rather loud." Yeah. Now, I will say this this does continue in the next minute. Yes. But this is where the minute ends. Mm-hmm. He says his sport coats are rather loud. Mm-hmm. We do see him in a coat, but it's not flashy. I think he's just trying to make the joke. I think he is. He, he, it, it, Especially with how this conversation follows up in the next minute. Yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> did you want to talk how the pairing was? Uh, we bad. did this last it's minute. It's fucking bad, and it sucked, <laughs> and it was stupid, and uh, you know when you're eating like... 
Okay, so here's what this minute of Dunstan Jack's Men is like. Yeah. You're, it's like you eat a little a snack that's not your preferred snack, but it's still okay. Mm-hmm. For goldfish? me, that's like a goldfish cracker. Yeah. <laughs> and then you pair it with literal horse shit. <laughs> A whole plate of it that you are forced to eat by a friend who doesn't care about your well-being. Someone, they look in their fridge and they say, I don't know if this is expired. Yeah. <laughs> Give this a try. Yeah. That's what this pairing was like for me. How did you find this pairing? Uh, fantastic. This <laughs> of course you did. Two great tastes that I never expected to taste Ugh. great together. And here they are. Just Andrew just happily munching on a piece of horse shit. Little brown stained bib, (laughs) fork and knife, big smile on his face. It's in the shape of a Mickey head. You gotta try it. (laughs) Oh god. (laughs) Let's do some fucking plugs. Um, yeah. So I do another podcast with Justin Kizan called Nothing New, a remake podcast. Uh, you should go check that out every month. Justin and I talk about remakes. We pick a remake, something that's in theaters typically, and we compare it to the original or the oldest version that it is based upon. Uh, So a a lot of fun. Our December episode is How the Grinch Stole Christmas. We compare... I tried to do the Grinch song, and all that came to me was the Pink Panther theme. (laughs) Yeah, go ahead and do the Pink Panther theme. So definitely talk about Benedict Cumberbatch as the Grinch in the new Illumination Grinch, and then also... The original Boris Karloff dun, Grinch. Dun, uh, uh, dun, we saved that Jim Carrey bullshit dun, for our Patreon dun, episode. Find uh, more about that at BenViewNetwork.com slash nothing new. Yeah. Uh, I do another show called It's On My List. Uh, you can find It's On My List Pod.com. Every month, uh, a group of us get together and we, we watch the films that people say you should watch. And then we decide if those should be watched. Uh, so, you know, we started with Gone with the Wind. We watched The Shining. And our newest episode is Monty Python's The Life of Brian. Oh. Uh, which is not my favorite Monty Python. You're getting a, a big scoop and helpful of Michael Palin and John Cleese these days. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, well, you should. You haven't said yet. I know. That's a little, that's a little foreshadowing okay. for y'all. Uh, I do another. Nope, that's my two. That's my two. Um, you could also find me on Instagram and Twitter at Podcaster Andrew. Um, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram and Twitch at Very Cool Emily. Uh, I stream three times a week on Twitch. I usually do Tuesdays and Thursdays, and then a weekend day. Um, kind of goes back and forth between Saturday and Sunday, depending on my plans. Uh, the show. I'm a little bee. <laughs> <laughs> no. You can support us on Patreon, patreon.com slash Dunstein Chicks mean. Probably. Good. I, good I also for think, it. I think we don't mention it every episode, and I want to make sure you start mentioning it every episode. Our YouTube channel. Oh, yeah. Uh, please subscribe. Every week you'll get a special little video that I create. Don't play just coy. Tell you. them what it is. Uh, I take the trailer for whatever movie we're pairing with the minute and I insert some parts of the minute into it. Yeah. Uh, it's a lot I, of fun. Check it honestly, out. Honestly, I think the one that I did for First Man is the the top. <laughs> I can't get much better than that. Yeah. And uh, this don't get no better than that. Wait, what just was that? don't get no better than this. <laughs> I can't, we can't help but put a little bit of Super Mario Brothers into everything we do. God, that's the secret ingredient to everything. <laughs> Uh, and then also on Twitter at Majestic Hotel NY and on Instagram at Dunstan Checksman. Correct. Uh, 
What else do you do? Um, you can rate and review us on Apple Pytunes. That's the one. Um, if you here's what I want: five stars first of all, and then the text of your review. I want you to insult Andrew for revenge. Uh, you could even have them insult the nothing, movie. They have to insult me. Nothing too real. Like keep it, keep it above the belt. You know what I'm saying? But burn Andrew. Um, mm-hmm. Five star review and burn Andrew for what he did to me, your friend Emily. I mean, I'll take it. Yeah. Is there what, anything else I've forgotten? What is our next film? Oh, yeah. It From is. Ready? 11. Are you ready? Minute 11. We'll be paired with A Fish Called Wanda. Oh, boy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I guess until next week, we're checking out. Boop, boop. <laughs>all who come to this happy podcast welcome and amusings are your musings here age relives fond memories of the past and here you may savor the challenge and promise of the future hi i'm david and i'm kayla and if it wasn't readily apparent from that we're huge nerds about disney that's why we're doing the Animusings podcast. Once a month, we'll sit down and talk about a film in detail from the Walt Disney Animation Studios filmography, covering them in chronological order, from Snow White to Moana and beyond. To Moana and beyond! Sweetie, we're not doing Pixar yet. We'll do that after. And That's going to be a long time coming. Anyway, if that sounds up your alley, come join Kayla and I, and maybe a guest or two, as we explore the Disney animated canon, film by film. With the hope that it'll be a source of joy and inspiration to all the world. Ooh, nicely said. Don't thank me, thank Walt. This podcast is a part of the Benview Network. You can find this and other podcasts like it at BenviewNetwork.com.